Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy. Today is February 3rd of 2023, and we're celebrating Friday of the fourth week in Ordinary Time. It's also the optional memorial of St. Blaise, Bishop and Martyr, the day of the blessing of the throats, with the candles that were blessed yesterday on the Feast of the Presentation. And it's also the optional memorial of, of St. Ansgar, sometimes called Oscar, Bishop. Today's Gospel comes to us from the Gospel according to Mark, Chapter 6, verses 14 through 29. King Herod heard about Jesus, for his fame had become widespread, and people were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why mighty works, powers are at work in him. Others were saying, he is Elijah. Still others, he is a prophet, like any of the prophets. But when Herod heard of it, he said, it is John who I beheaded. He has been raised up. Herod was the one who had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip, whom he had married. John had said to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Herodias harbored a grudge against him and wanted to kill him, but wasn't able to do so. Herod feared John, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man, and kept him in custody. When he heard him speak, he was very much perplexed, yet he liked to listen to him. Herodias had an opportunity one day, when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his courtiers, his military officers, and the leading men of Galilee. His own daughter came in and performed a dance that delighted Herod and his guests. The king said to the girl, Ask of me whatever you wish, and I will grant it to you. He even swore many things to her. I will grant you whatever you ask of me, even to half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask for? The mother replied, The head of John the Baptist. The girl hurried back to the king's presence and made her request. I want you to give me at once on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was deeply distressed. But because of his oaths and the guest, he did not wish to break his word to her. So he promptly dispatched an executioner with orders to bring back his head. He went off and beheaded him in prison. He brought in the head on a platter and gave it to the girl. The girl, in turn, gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. Today's Gospel recounts for us the death of John the Baptist. Mark gives us some profound insights into Herod's character. Interesting that these insights can also help us to grow in our spiritual lives. The context for this event is interesting. Now, the people are talking about Jesus and who he might be. Herod insists that he is John, come back from the dead. And then the evangelist proceeds to tell us exactly how John died as if the event wouldn't have been mentioned had it not been for Herod's worries. Now, Herod speaks of the execution as a past event, but it's clear it's just taken place, because Matthew's account ends with Jesus' disciples informing him of what happened, and Jesus leaving for a deserted area. Now, on the surface, if we look at this just superficially, it seems like Herod is simply a bloodthirsty, heartless ruler. Yet, the Gospel points out in three different ways that his execution of John the Baptist deeply affected King Herod and even offered him a moment for conversion.
First, we have Herod's omission that Jesus is John whom I beheaded. He has been raised up. That's already a profound change. Because first, he is a Sadducee, and Herod, as a Sadducee, wouldn't believe in the resurrection. Obviously, the events surrounding John's death and Jesus' actions have made him reconsider. But secondly, in that same phrase, it is John whom I beheaded, there's an added emphasis on the subject. Right? This happens with, for instance, Romance languages, where the verb will contain the subject. And here, the verb beheaded already implicitly contains the subject. But Herod repeats it. He makes it explicit. Like, like the, probably the best way we would have in English would be as if he said, I, I beheaded him. Herod recognizes his guilt in the sense that at least he accepts that he's the one responsible for John's death. Third, while in jail, we're told that Herod feared John, which is sort of a strange situation considering that in prison, away from everyone, John was completely harmless. When the king asks for John's head, Mark tells us that he is deeply disturbed. And again, the Greek word means literally engulfed in sorrow. It's a moment of profound anguish. Now, all of these details indicate that Herod was, was getting set up for a conversion, that his consciousness was awakening. He, he was having a, a conscious uh, moment where he knew that, wait, something is wrong here. But in the end, what does Herod do? He just took a seat. And he waited for Jesus to come to him. And when that time came, in, in the Passion, Jesus didn't say a word. Notice that Herod was given a ton of opportunities for conversion. John warned him. Herod felt fear, and then sorrow, and then worry. All of these things were gifts that God gave him, trying to call him back. Yet for Herod, these things never made him move beyond mere curiosity. He never got down into the dirty work of conversion. In our lives, too, God offers us opportunity after opportunity to purify ourselves from our attachments, our disordered desires, from our preferences and opinions. Day after day, God calls to us, just as he called to Herod. How do we respond? Are we even listening to the Lord, asking him what he wants from us? Today, let's ask the intercession of Mary, mother of all saints, for the grace of true conversion, not to stop simply when we're okay, but to really seek God's will at all times and in everything.